Good evening and welcome back to Sonic Byways. I am Jamie Lynn on Aspen Public Radio. People of note striking a chord. I have a person of exceptional note, as I say, and he also has the same last name as me. Cut, you're like the second Miller guest I've had in here. I'm on a mission. That's pretty huge. We're going to take over the world, all the Millers. The Millers? (laughs) <laughs> I've been saying that for 30 years now. So Kutcher Miller is my guest tonight. He's a friend, but more importantly, he's very um, well-traveled, well-versed in the media world. Thank you. Producer, director, working on X Games as well, and you were in Doha, Qatar on the, not guitar, Qatar. I played the guitar, but I was in Qatar. Qatar. Uh, yes, for the uh, Arab Games, which is uh, quite simply, it's an Olympic uh, qualifying, like the Pan-American Games or the Pan-Asian Games. It was the 21 Arab countries. A couple of them had to fall out because of political issues, but uh, huh. very interesting. Doha's a very wonderful, um, very cool place. And also MTV this summer, is that right? I am working with uh, MTV on a specific uh, music tour uh, this summer. More to come. Okay, total dot, dot, dot on the air. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But a lot. So there's a lot of music in your world. Grew up in Memphis right there at the junction of the crossroads that Robert Johnson sang about. I mean, it's mm-hmm. this con, you know, vergence of um, the, the, the blues. And, you know, you even get the Mississippi jazz that travels up the river and from New Orleans. And, and music was a large part of um, our lives. I mean, I think when I saw Dazed and Confused and people were running around and pick up trucks and listening to great, you know, whatever, whether it was Led Zeppelin or Deep Purple, uh, that's, that's part of what we did. And uh, it kind of led me into um, sneaking into the clubs or going to see music that uh, I was too young to get into a specific venue to see. And that further led me into on down the line, if we were to project, that kind of my first project of, of, of production and passion, kind of that combination. So, um, yeah, music. I mean, I even remember my parents' uh, album collection. You know, it was... Uh, LPs. LPs, uh, which they still have, which I am, uh, that is my main thing I want when they, God forbid, actually pass away, you know. But Buddy Holly and Otis Redding and the early Beach Boys stuff, I mean, it wasn't the, st- you know, it, it wasn't Led Zeppelin. It wasn't the Grateful Dead. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily the stuff I was listening to in junior high and high school. But when I got older, I realized how much of an influence that stuff had on the Rolling Stones, et, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know. So it was, um, you know, seeing the seeing the album covers like taped with black electrical tape because the LP had been taken out so often. As I look Tell back, me. it was a very cool experience, <laughs> you know. My mom gave me a stack of 45s that both my older sisters had growing up and from my dad as well. And it's amazing to see them. A lot of them have wax on them. I don't know why. But I they're, don't they're, just, they're just cool. They're so used. You can Do people see. listening to your show know what a 45 is? <laughs> it's a mini. It's a mini LP. It's a Smurf LP. That's what <laughs> it is. But they're not blue. So tell me, first band, it sounds like a really awesome discovery when you were sinking in these clubs and hearing music. There's a, there's a band called Beanland, and this was uh, in the mid uh, to late 1980s. Uh, it was a, a guy named George McConnell and then John Herman, Jojo Herman, who was the keyboardist for Widespread Panic for years and years and years. JoJo's from New York, and when he made his way down south as this boogie-woogie piano player, you know, and he landed in the town of Oxford, which, on a quick side note, is, if you've never been, one of the coolest cities. I mean, it's got the Faulkner. And JoJo landed here and kind of met met up with these musicians that were born and raised in in this southern R.L. Burnside, Muddy Waters sort of music. And 
when these guys met, the the album that they produced, which was the self-titled Beanland album produced by the legendary Jim Dickinson, what Jim Dickinson said, rest in peace, before he passed away, was it's still one of his favorite albums, and he produced it in Memphis. So anyway, we used to sneak in to see Beanland, and they played in Memphis pretty regularly at a club called 616. They wouldn't start till 11, which I think was potentially past my curfew at that <laughs> time in life. And I mean, they'd come out and they'd play for three or four hours. And, and it was, albeit the beginning of the jam band scene, we didn't get these 10 and 15 minute long songs. It was a more traditional three to five to seven minute songs, but they would come out and they'd play 30 songs, you know? And um, it was great. We'd drink Budweiser's when we were too young to drink Budweiser's and uh, loved seeing these guys play. And they loved what they did. And I think that was a large part of. Uh, me continuing to, for music to have such a large part of my life, traveling to see music and or listening to it in my car, was seeing people that had fun doing what they were doing. They loved it. So let's hear them. Yeah, let's rock it. Okay, what are this, we doing? What are we starting with? This first song, so Doretha, there's a little backstory to this one. Tell me. Okay, so quick backstory. So Doretha is George's uh, little sister, um, beautiful Southern Belle, and uh, this is kind of George's take on young gentlemen that would come to the door to take his daughter on a date. And I, I think his father and he uh, delighted in poking fun. They're both very <laughs> wonderful people, uh, and it wasn't like the shotgun was over the shoulder. But I, uh, I think they had a good time and um, at taking delight at, at scaring the young men a little bit, if you will. And her name was Doretha. Great, great classic Beelan song. You're tuned to Sonic Byways. I'm Jamie Lynn, and my guest co-host tonight is Kutcher Miller, my brother from another Miller mother. And we're going to play Beanland right now with Doretha. Go.
So Katcher, I I love it, first of all. I definitely hear a little bit of kind of widespread-esque. You heard JoJo on keys there, who has um, been the keyboardist for Widespread Panic for, for 20 years or so. Uh, he le- he when he left Beanland, he went in to to play with uh, Widespread Panic. So you know he was he was um, this kind of driven New Yorker down in the world of the Southland, where things can tend to move a little slower. And um, I think he uh, saw something in Widespread Panic that uh, moved him um, to 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 where he felt like that might be uh, his place. This was one of the first bands that um, kind of drew me in, if you will. It came back around about 15 years later, or gosh, even 20 years later almost, to when we did the documentary about them and their beginnings and endings. But definitely, if you listen to it and you listen to Panic, you can gather the similar uh, key strokes, if you will. And tonight is a world premiere, because tonight I am playing widespread panic on my show. I'm permitting it to happen. I know. And, and it's I'm huge. not, uh, so that everyone knows I'm not writing her a check. I'm not, <laughs> I, I have not. I Widespread's have, actually underwriting the show, which is awesome. I, I preached uh, my specific show that I would like to do with, with Jamie Lynn Miller. So yeah, we will get to listen to a little bit of widespread panic from Aspen, Colorado. Which is really great and significant, and it's going to be quite relevant, so I'm excited about it. But let's talk about your time, I think it was last fall, in the deserts of Arizona, and you got to produce, record, witness something very cool happening in a very legendary studio there. Uh, Yeah, I received a phone call from a friend of mine who had a friend of his that wanted to really document the recordings of an up-and-coming vocalist. He had connections at the Salt Mine Studios in Arizona. Very cool studio. Uh, Little Wayne ha- has worked there, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting. Lil. Uh, it, Lil, excuse Lil. me. Got a diamond grill. And <laughs> uh, he and I had the pleasure of hanging out a little bit in Kansas City. I went down to uh, Arizona to meet uh, the wonderful, very talented Alice Reed at Salt Mine Studios. And we started there, and then we actually moved up to Sedona and did a acapella stuff in the canyons of Sedona, which was very cool. Alice. Yeah. Has a tremendous voice. So I'm psyched to play her for Sonic Byways folks out there and kind of to hear where she's going to go. This is um, kind of this combination of, of Adele and uh, Janis Joplin and uh, even Etta James, which I think we might uh, wrap this little set of her music with. So um, enjoy. Oh, 
So a couple songs from Alice Reed. She really does have an amazing voice. Amazing. When we recorded all this stuff at Salt Mine down in uh, Arizona, at the end of the day, we took a couple of takes of At Last. Uh, we knew that Etta was sick uh, and was moving towards her last days. And sure enough, several months later, she passed away. But I mean, I got to tell you that she completely nails this song. And it is very little sweetening. This is, this is, this is pretty natural. So I, I hope that everyone enjoys it. Wow, that was kind of haunting. Yeah, very cool. I, it's, uh, it was cool. I, I listen to that uh, actually on a regular basis. I'm editing together a little uh, piece of video that we did uh, for it. So was that recorded in the studio as well? In the studio, yeah. It was just, it's just her. cathedral-like atmosphere. Yeah, wow. well, I mean, it's very uh, low-key and casual. There are tapestries on the walls. I, one of the things I love about music studios, uh, even being in here in the studio, are the different contraptions that there are for sound modification. <laughs> you know, like in here, you've got these very funky-looking pieces of styrofoam. I don't know. I mean, where the hell do those things come from? Well, yeah, and, and they're all laid out like sort of like you got like almost yeah, par- parallelograms no, going on no the wall. There's no pattern, right? <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, it's cool. You're right. It's kind of hodgepodgey, but it works. So it was total total acapella. We, I mean, yeah. I, I, I had her do it a couple of times almost out of selfishness in that I just wanted to hear her sing it because it was so cool. I think she just nails it. No, it's beautiful. It's definitely like an, an eyesed clove sensation. Yes. You listen to that. So from that desert, you flew uh, 24 hours, I believe. I think it was more like 30, but but uh, it, 24 or 34, you still are in on another planet. I mean, it's especially when you don't really see daylight or nighttime. It's just this constant kind of a dusk tone. You know, mm-hmm. you're flying and you're like, is the sun going to go down or come up? Or maybe it's not. And then you land somewhere that's in the Middle East, 10 time zones, 10 hour time zones, lay away from you. And you're just like... Wow. I need, yeah, I need a little time here. 
for me, uh, I've been to Europe. Uh, I've been to uh, other countries and other continents. Uh, landing in the Middle East was, uh, I think that, uh, you know, in all honesty and an and embarrassing sort of way, being an American, I thought it would be a bit more of a culture shock. And it was the complete opposite. Um, a very congenial, happy people. I mean, you walk down the street and there are people in traditional uh, burqa, you know, women that are uh, head to toe in black burqa garb, uh, next to someone wearing blue jeans and, and a t-shirt and flip flops, which was me with huh. headphones on. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so it's uh, it's a very um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope to go back there uh, to do business. It's a it's a very clean, beautiful, um, culturally appealing place. Now th- there is still the uh, diatribe of, of women uh, must cover their shoulders in public places at Western hotels, which are the only places that there are bars or swimming pools, then women could wear a, a, a bikini, you know. But if you were to go to a business meeting or to walk down the street in Doha uh, as a woman, uh, then you would most certainly just have your shoulders covered. You could wear a, a traditional blouse and jeans. Um, but we actually had a, a woman that was working with us that dressed in something a little risque. And when I say that, I mean it showed a little bit of a neckline. And mm. she was um, she was asked to leave the country and to never return. Come on. No, I'm dead serious. I was just going to make a joke like I would totally be held in customs for a few hours. She was asked to leave and never return. Yeah, you would not, not be held in customs. Yeah, you would be turned around. <laughs> yeah, they, they, but um, on the complete flip side of that, again, the culture is extremely friendly and smart. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, and, and I think that it's just it's a place where um, you you don't have you respect their culture, but not something that is um, that's that's too much to ask for. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a decent amount of traffic there. I would walk to work, uh, which were which was my sporting venue, uh, which I did uh, international handball competition, which is team handball. I know it sounds strange. It's not two people hitting a ball with their hand. So it was very interesting to produce the live event production for this. But I would walk a lot. And a, a part of when I'm away from my family and when I'm on the move for days or weeks or months at a time, like music is very much something that keeps me grounded. And uh, when I went to Doha, a, a good friend of mine had sent me a list of probably 500 albums that I could download. And I scrolled through them, and it was, I mean, it was everything from Vince Gill to Widespread Panic to The Grateful Dead to Adele to um, to what I'll go to now, Jason Isbell, who was the former singer and guitarist for the Drive-By Truckers. And I had heard his first album, uh, but I had not heard his second album. This was his second album, Here We Rest. And uh, I downloaded it, and, and I put it in, and... I think this was on one of my kind of non-sleeping days. So when you travel mm-hmm. 30 hours, <laughs> it takes a little while to get to get any sort of a semblance of a schedule going on. And uh, about a week into it, I think that like I would sleep from like midnight to four. And I'd get kind of tired midday and I'd drink some caffeine. Um, and, and then I would – it was just this weird thing. And, and uh, so I started listening to this Jason Isbell album – it it blew me away. I mean, to to be honest with you, it's one of still now six or eight months later. I still listen to it on a regular basis. I just it's a, it's an exceptional album. Well, I moved into this room. If you could call it that, a week ago, I never do what I'm supposed to do. Hardly even know my name. No one calls it out, kind of vanishes away 
Castles made of sand 
That's one thing I can't stand There's one thing I can't take It's the sound that a woman makes About five seconds after her heart begins to break That's one thing I can't home by now but she Friends is taking 
It's just good songwriting. Good, really great is. songwriting. Absolutely. Okay, so do we need a drum roll? It's time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we now bring you Kutcher on Widespread Panic live <laughs> at the Belly Up and recorded and then kind of live here tonight on Sonic Byways. So tell me, that was a huge experience for you filming their last show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, as, as I moved through, you know, I, I was, um, Beelin was kind of one of these first bands that I really laid into going to see because it was down the street from my house and I could be there in 10 minutes and I could give the bouncer five extra bucks and get in. Um, and then as I moved into college and you know, I, I just really got into music and traveling to see it. And, uh, you know, I saw plenty of the dead and plenty of fish and, um, but I, but I, connected with widespread panic and and um john bell and michael hauser who i think can be say founded the band uh had a special connection between the two of them and mikey had a very original way of playing guitar and still to this day jb's voice is is one of my favorites and then you know things changed and uh, mikey passed away of pancreatic cancer George McConnell, so to even come more full circle, George McConnell of Beanland came in and played some guitar with him for a little bit. And, you know, I actually got married and had children, which is an incredible, incredible experience and just was not traveling to see as much live music. And, but still, you know, kept my finger on the pulse. And it was still a part somewhat of my business, uh, producing a video for music. And then this past February, several months ago, they did their final wood tour, which was their truly first acoustic tour. For me, that was something that I did not want to miss and was lucky enough to partner up with some of both of our friends here, Spencer McKnight and uh, Joel Lee with uh, Michael Goldberg and Belly Up to document this final show of their tour before their hiatus. I mean, we still don't know what's next. It was... I'm sure a powerful experience for you to do this. It, it was very cool. Really? I mean, just yeah, just to see them doing sound checks and kind of working through songs, you know, all playing acoustic instruments, uh, laughing and joking with each other. They chose to play the Beatles across the universe, which was the first time that they've ever played it live. And JB, who's a very, you know, he's the son of a preacher man, and and he's a very, hmm. um, uh, to me, he's a very inspirational character, and and uh, uh, he's got this great uh, attitude. And I remember him saying, kind of, he's got this kind of. Scratchy boys, you know, and uh, the, interestingly enough, actually, he's from Cleveland, Ohio, is where he's born and raised. But, but I mean, he's a Georgia boy, you know. <laughs> he said something along the lines of, "Y'all know I've never sang this before, don't you?" You know, so he had know to it, like so. rehearse his lines. Yeah, and rehearse his lines. lines. He had, yeah, he just had this little <laughs> notebook like we all had in college, like his little trapper keeper, you know. And, so let's hear it. I mean, really, this is a first for me to sit through a whole widespread song, if not to. I, re- I respect your musical taste, and as my guest, pretty much, it's just your show. Hope all you guys enjoy. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They sliver while they pass a slip away across the universe. Nothing's gonna 
Oh my God, I'm cheering at a widespread panic show. Well, so to, to, here's my disclaimer for all of my panic friends out there that are listening. I, I had to choose two songs, um, and I was able to see them work out across the universe, which was a very cool experience. And then I think uh, for all of my panic brethren out there, um, Postcard is a very fitting song to wrap up, uh, especially from a radio show uh, in Colorado. The the lore behind it is that old panic friend Bear uh, would send uh, postcards back to Athens from his time. And Telluride is what I hear uh, potentially all over the West. And uh, so this is dedicated to my friends, especially my dear friend uh, Chris Hansen, who sends postcards from all over the planet uh, to his friends when he travels. And he and his brother, of course, produced uh, The Earth Will Swallow You, the widespread panic documentary. Mm. I love friends like that. I love those random postcards. Oh, yeah, they're the greatest. It's a fun thing to do, and it's a very simple thing to do that takes five minutes of your time. So, Kutcher, I actually totally on the stand, swear on the Bible, enjoyed that. Oh, you did? No, I did. And okay, you can so quote me, and this is like you gotta recorded understand, on the air forever. Well, I across think the I bet like be- 10 other beautiful. people that you would not like it. So I think I, I won like $1,000, so I'll split it with you. <laughs> nice. No, across the universe, it was a beautiful version. It was cool. It was very toned down. It was um, succinct. It didn't go on for 10 minutes. I loved it. And the last card was cool. I mean, excuse me, that last song was pretty cool. The last card. The last card of postcard. (laughs) I'll fill you up with 100 gigs of of widespread (laughs) panic. And because you're driving, you're leaving us, unfortunately. I am moving on a bit. I haven't made an official announcement, but let's do it. Yes, I'll be in North Carolina on the East Coast. But Sonic Bios will still be coming at you via the World Wide Web. So it really doesn't matter where I am. Exactly. It doesn't matter where you are. I don't want to dispel the myth. No, no, no. (laughs) And we'll be listening to you all the time that you're on. And we'll make sure that you have music to listen to upon your Sonic Byways trip to to the Eastern Coast. Yeah, absolutely. It's super cool. Okay, so we can find you, though. Uh, I'm usually at the bar uh, at the Hotel Jerome. (laughs) No, no. Between Uh, three and six. I live in a small town in Carbondale with my wonderful wife and two beautiful daughters. Um, But you can find me at CutcherMiller.com. Spelled like it sounds, I guess. K-U-T-C-H-E-R-M-I-L-L-E-R.com. Um, and I hope you can find me again with you doing another radio show. And uh, I like to ski in the wintertime, and I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a wrap. Thanks once again for tuning in. Jamie Lynn Miller here with Kutcher Miller on Sonic Byways. We'll talk to you next week. Ask from Public Radio.